Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. Our new sermon series, Followers, Discipleship in the Wild. Really excited to dive into this for the next, eh, who knows how long it will be. But it's a deep dive into the life of a disciple, the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and I realize most of us here are seasoned followers. And, and how much deeper can, can it get? Well, they can get deeper. And I've experienced some things recently which really have shocked me about my life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'll share that as we go along. But this is series more is more about how to be a disciple not just studying how to be a disciple or the, the functions of a disciple, although those are very important and we're going to get into all of that, but it's, I feel the sense in the, in, uh, of the Holy Spirit's leading that it's more about maybe for the first time or maybe for uh, uh, just a deeper level of understanding what it means to be a disciple, a follower. And especially to be a follower of Jesus Christ in the wild. The, the wild, the world out there is wild right now. Out of control wild. And the need for followers of Jesus Christ to be active, alive, and vibrant, and strong in their faith is, is, is desperate out there right now. And so that's, this series, I hope that it will convey just a new sense for all of us to to go deeper, dive deeper, explore deeper what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Our calling is so intimate. It is so personal. And for a follower of Jesus, the calling is never ending to go deeper. Romans 11.29 says, For God's gifts and His call can never be withdrawn. It's ongoing. Calling us every day, every moment. Every time we wake up in the morning, the call is to come deeper, come closer, more intimacy. I find that so generous of God. So imagine for a moment that you're at your place of work. Maybe you're at school. Maybe you're just doing... Yard work out in your yard. Imagine you're there and some guy just roams up to you. You're minding your own business. You're you're doing what you need to do. And and it looks like this guy's going to pass you by. And all of a sudden he just stops and he says, Hey you, come. Follow me. Follow you where? Follow you why? Who are you? Why should I follow you? And there are probably a dozen other questions along that like if someone came up to us like that. Our bosses probably would have questions. Our teachers might have questions. But what would you do? Run. You question this person's sanity. But it'd be really strange for someone to walk up to you and say, Hey, you, come follow me. And yet, this is exactly what happened to the disciples 
in Matthew 4, in uh, eight, uh, verses 18 to 22, reread what happens when Jesus drops by. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. The very first words the disciples, the soon-to-be disciples, heard from Jesus was, follow me. No introduction. Now, it is, it is quite possible that Simon Peter, Peter and his brother Andrew, they, they heard about Jesus. Because they were, they were disciples of John the Baptist. They were following the teachings of John the Baptist. And they, they probably heard John talk about Jesus. And they most likely heard when Jesus was walking by and John said, Hey, look, that's the Lamb of God. He's going to deliver the world from their sins. So they were familiar with, but probably not introduced to Jesus. So this still amazes, amazes me that when Jesus walked by and he says, come, follow me, that they dropped everything. Immediately. Their business, their livelihood, parts of their family, they just left and followed him. Am I the only one amazed by that this morning? That is really remarkable. There was no detailed plan given by Jesus. There is no benefit package discussed. There is no sign-on bonus. Just the invitation. Come. Follow me. They didn't ask their co-workers or their families for, the, for, the, for any opinions. They just went and followed this man. It's incredible. They dropped their nets, followed the master, and they exchanged a occupation with a calling. Something that would forever change their lives. And ours. They were chosen to be followers. This morning, you are chosen to be followers. See, Jesus wasn't looking for the best leaders available. He was just looking for people who were willing. See, they would learn how to be leaders as they were following Christ, with their journey with Christ, with their, their deep abiding relationship with Jesus. They're going to learn how to be leaders. They become some of the greatest leaders on the planet, overturning this world upside down with the teachings of Jesus. Because they were followers of Christ, because they were deep, intimate disciples with Christ. But he wasn't looking for the best leaders. He was looking for people who were willing to follow. Drop everything. At a moment's notice. And go where he was going. You know, he even adds later on, they say, well, where are, you know, where's your home? And he says, well, why don't you come and see? 
Again, no, there's no itinerary here. He doesn't hand them what the plan is for the next three years. He doesn't give it to them. He just says, follow me. The Greek word for follow here means, yes, it does mean to join someone as a disciple, but it also means to be in the same way with someone. To be in the same way. To walk in the same way. To talk in the same way. To live in the same way. To be in the way with. It is probably the only time in your life that it's good to be in the way of someone. This is an intimate Calling to be one with Jesus. To be a follower. So that you could become a disciple. Beautiful, powerful. It applies intimacy. To be in the same way with. Going the same way. Living the same way. Being the same way as Jesus. The whole point is that Jesus didn't want people to just listen to his teachings. Or to follow from a distance. He was inviting people to come close. To be in the same way with. To live life as Jesus lived life. This is the life of a follower. Of a disciple in the wild. To live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. How he moved with people. How he moved among people. How he spoke love and kindness and mercy and forgiveness. How he talked about his father so that other people could know his father as father. Follow me. Not just a new way of life. There would be a new way of life. Just follow me. Not my teachings. The teachings are going to come and you're going to, you're going to follow them. But follow me first. Be after my heart first. Not just listen to me or study me. Follow me. Be in the same way with me. Followship is always about relationship. Followship is always about relationship. But a growing, deep, and abiding relationship. See, you got to remember that the enemy also has a relationship with Jesus. It's just not a very good one. I'm talking about a relationship that is growing, that is going deeper, that is, that is listening to the master's teaching so that I can get closer to him. Not just so I just learn about him, but because I get closer to him. So I know his heart more. So I know what he's about. So I know his way. The way he loves, the way he deals with people, the way he redeems people. See, I want to know my master's way. Because I want to know him. And I love him. You know, he says, follow me. And at that moment, there was no doubt in these men. And that's going to come later. They're going to have troubles. They're going to have struggles with some doubt. But right at that moment, there's no doubt. They just drop everything. And the only promise that he gives them at this moment, the only promise that is mentioned is, he says, if you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It's the only promise he gives them. He speaks to who they are at the moment. He speaks and he knows their occupation. So he starts to speak their language. So in a way that they can comprehend what he's about to ask them. But he says, you know, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It's no longer fish. People are going to be your catch. 
People are the ones you're going to go catch. But he was speaking to where they were, to what they know. But then he was asking them to stretch beyond that knowledge, beyond that limitation, beyond what they did know. Because I'm sure at that moment they had no idea how they were going to transfer the information about how to catch fish and how to catch people. Because they certainly were going to throw nets on these people. But there was two things that happened when he called the brothers here. Two were casting their net and two were mending their nets. Jesus was talking about compassion along with casting. Because sometimes people need mending. See, it's not just about you just catching a whole bunch of people and bringing them into the kingdom. You're going to be, have to be ready to mend some of them too. Now, the beauty of Jesus here is just absolutely amazing to me. His care and his compassion. Life in the wild as a disciple, as a follower, as a son of daughter of God is a call to be first and do second. Be first. Do second. Doing flows from being with Jesus. Because life with Jesus is so different. Matthew 20, 25 to 28. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Among you it will be different. Not could be different. Not may be different. It will be different. Jesus is, this is an imperative that Jesus is talking. He says, it will be different among you. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must Become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah. Among you it will be different. What will be different? Life will be different. Everything will be different. How you see people, how you interact with people, how you mend people, how you care for people, how you love people. It's going to be different. Because you're with me now. You're in my way now. You're no longer in your way. In fact, you have to get out of the way to be in my way. It will be different. Following Jesus changes the way that we see life as we become like him. Among you will be different. You want to be first, you must be last. You want to be the greatest? You must be the least. You want to find yourself? Well, you got to lose yourself in Christ. You want to be exalted? Well, you must humble yourself. Among you, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Yeah, that's so different. And so much easier when there's a love for Jesus fueling this. I know that. But it, this form of following is so different from what the world models. From what the world offers up as an example. And it's really radically different from what I want to accept for myself at times. We follow in the way of Jesus. John 14, 5-7. through 
Lord, said Thomas, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful promise. When we're in the way of Jesus, when we don't even know our way, he shows us the way because he shows us shows us himself. We follow in the way, in the truth, in the life of Jesus, and we get the promise of seeing and knowing the Father. Oh my goodness, that just blesses me. I love Jesus. I love you. you love Jesus this morning? Jesus calls out, follow me. And can I say that this call, this personal call that I hear of follow me, challenges who I love and how I want to live my life. You don't have to raise your hand, but does it challenge you too? Can you hear him this morning? Because I don't think Jesus ever stops calling us to follow him. It is always there. Because there's always an opportunity to follow him deeper, closer. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing a, a very early in the morning, it was very early in the morning, personal quiet time with God and on my back deck. And I, was, uh, I got this book called Resilient by John Elridge, one of my favorite authors. And he has a, an app that goes along with it to walk through this 30 days of becoming resilient. And I've been working through this for a little while. And I was working through the prayers and, and, and worshiping and praying at the same time. And then the Holy Spirit really just disrupted that moment in a very powerful way for me. There's this guided prayer that I was praying. And I, and I got to these words. Listen to these words. Jesus, I come back to you now. In my longing for life to be good again. And I love you here in my soul's heartache. Jesus, I come back to you now in my longing for life to be good again. And I love you here in my soul's heartache. I prayed those words and I really lost containment. I started to, I started to weep. I started to cry. I, started to moan a little bit and this deep expression of emotion like I haven't felt in like two and a half years just was pouring out of me. And to put it simply, I was I was undone. And the reflection that followed was was powerful and challenging and even for you know the for the the two and a half years since Christine has passed, there had been a People have asked me, and I, even I wondered, you know, what's, how's your faith? And I mean, has your faith taken a hit? Are, are you are you stumbling in your faith? Are you, you know, how are you dealing with this in your faith? And I would tell people, and I honestly believe this, it was never for me, it's never been a question of faith in this journey since Christine has passed. I have always had faith in God. 
That has never changed. In fact, I would say that two and a half years later, my faith is stronger. And so I was reflecting about this, and Father even confirmed that for me. He says, no, Jay, it's not about your faith. So I asked the next question. What's the question of then, Father? And ah, it's a question of love. It's a question of love. And it was this, this powerful expression of what God was trying to convey to me. He helped me discover that my struggle wasn't a question of faith. It was a question of love. But God wasn't questioning my love for him. But challenging me to a deeper level of that love. This is what he said to me in the short version. I know you, my son. I am not doubting your love. I'm calling you deeper. This is really important. There is a way that you're not loving me and it's hurting you. This level is for your benefit. One that will bring you new life and freedom. I want you to love me that way. And here's the kicker. And I want you to know, I just miss you. I just miss you. So there was no condemnation in this. There was no chastisement. It was just this father calling me into a deeper level of love for him, saying, you know, this level that I want you to come to is for your benefit. It's for your benefit. But i got to let you know, it's going to bring me such delight. See, I delight in you, my son. And because I delight in you, I just miss you. And I want you to come closer. It wasn't a question of faith. It was a question of love. I started to draw closer to him. And, and, and in, the, in the couple of weeks that followed, the, I started to pray about, okay, what's this deeper level that you're leading me into? What does it really mean? It's not a question of love. I get that. I know what you're, I know what you're saying now. But I know you're asking me something else. What else are you asking me? It took a couple of weeks to think about it and to meditate about it and read scripture and, and, and just talk to a couple other people about it and just say, hey, Kay, what do you think God is saying here? And I'm telling you that this, when you talk about being a follower of Jesus, the call to come follow me never stops. Even when you're going through some really crappy stuff, some really harmful stuff. I'm going to be honest and transparent here because I think it, it leads up to this whole thing about being, being a, 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 a follower of Jesus Christ that, that is always in the way of Jesus. In his way. And the honesty that I want to tell you, I really haven't accepted with all that I am this new path of mine. I haven't understood how it fits the life more abundantly scripture. Because it didn't seem that way to me. It has been a struggle to embrace this new level of discipleship for the past two and a half years. Actually, three years, because it started before Christine got, she passed away. So in short, I really haven't loved my life as a disciple for the past three years. Just being open and transparent. I've been obedient. I've done the things I was supposed to. My faith was strong, but my love wasn't in it. I didn't really appreciate this course change. And this is where God was, was challenging me and is challenging me, helping me into this deeper level. 
And as I was sitting in his presence again just a, a few days ago, I heard Father say this. As I was preparing for this sermon series. He said, Jay, among you is going to be different. As you follow me deeper again, I want you to love the life that you have. Because I gave it to you. Blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And this, this again, no condemnation. There was only this Father's heart calling me into this deeper appreciation of what I have, even without Christine in it. In it. And I chose again to follow. And I chose life. You know, for the past two and a half years, I wake up every morning and I, and I do say this. I say, Father, I choose life today. Been doing that for two and a half years. Almost the first words that come out to my mind or out of my mouth. I choose life today. But I hadn't chose to love that life. So the other day I did. I chose life. I chose his life and the life that he gives and I surrendered the one that I wanted. And I thought back to the first followers. And what they surrendered. The life that they wanted. And immediately they did. My love for my Master, for my Messiah, for my Redeemer, compels me to surrender in ways that have surprised me the past couple weeks. I think Father was calling me and is calling us into a new level of wholehearted love. But our love is not shattered in pieces or divided among so many different things. Our first love. It is the love that drives all our other loves. And I I will tell you right now, standing here right now, I, I don't understand exactly what I just shared with you fully. And I will be honest enough with you to tell you I I have chose I've chosen it. But I will, my love is not there yet. I'm choosing to love. I'm, I'm being obedient. And I'm, I'm repenting of the things that I need to repent of. And, I, and I'm doing the work that's necessary for me to get there. I'm just being honest with you. I'm honest with you because I, I believe in all my heart that God is either challenging us right now or will be challenging us soon about the wholehearted love that we might have for him. Again, it's for our benefit. It's, it's for us that he's doing this. He's not saying, bad son, bad daughter. He's saying, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I need you to be a follower of my son. I want you there. I want you to be in the same way as him because it's freedom there for you. It's new life for you. And the things that you are missing, the things that you are checking out on, they're, they're found in my son. There is abundant life. Will you let me define what that looks like? Let him define what that looks like. I have tried to define what it looks like, or what I wanted it to look like. And there is no definition that suits my heart right now except for his. God is always calling us to follow deeper. Psalm 119.10, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have been convinced since my early days of, of coming out of the years of abuse. I am convinced of this. I am more convinced of this today. That when I love Jesus more, when I love him first, when I will love him with my whole heart, I obey quicker. Repentance flows from my love for him. 
I am, I find it easier to be in the way that Jesus is when I love him more. When I love him with my whole heart. With everything that I am. Disciples living in the wild will need a fierce obedience fueled by relentless love for our God. This is where sons and daughters find the freedom to live and then to be able to share that life with others. With a relentless love for God that sets us free. Sets us free to be who we were supposed to be. See, the freedom to obey is just a love expression. I will obey him. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 8, 31 to 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Love for the master drives relationship building. It fuels obedience, repentance, and acceptance of living in the wild. Because we have to accept this is where we live. This is where we live. In a world desperate to know more about Jesus. This is where we live. This is where we work. This is where we go to school. This is where we just stroll down the street. We live in a wild place. The people that need to know. And only a relentless love for that God will do that. Committed followers of Jesus. 1 Corinthians six nineteen to 20 Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I am not my own. And you are not your own. Not anymore. You bent your knees to the Master. To the Messiah. To the Redeemer. You said, I'm no longer mine. I'm yours. I will follow in the way. I will surrender everything I am. Because I'm in your way. The way that you love. The way that you live. The way that you minister. The way that you give of yourselves. He who came not to serve, but to serve. And give his life for a ransom for many. That's what we agreed to when we did this. When we bent our knees, when we bent our heart, when we bent our will to the Messiah who loves us so much. This is an easy thing to do then. Look at what we've been given. Redemption, forgiveness, mercy, acceptance, named sons and daughters, friends, followers, staying in the way of Jesus. A lot of this happens. A lot of surrender happens. A lot of admitting that I am not my own anymore. Oh, I, I want to be my own, believe me. Those who know Jay Cookingham know that he wants to be on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when I am in love with him, this is easy. Because I know this is where I can find life again. This is where I find freedom again. This is where I find strength again. Everything that I need for for life and godliness is found in the surrender to Jesus Christ. I must become a deeper follower of him. I must choose his life over and over and over again. 
so that when I do this, I stand in Him. Not in my own strength. I know who I am. Because He tells me who I am. He sets me free to become everything that, that I, He's always wanted me to be. This is what happens to followers of Jesus Christ. We don't follow the truth. We follow the one who is truth. We follow and obey a person we love and love to obey. See, the navigational charts are no longer in my hands. See, he gets to plot the course. He gets to plot the destinations. He, he gets to lay out the ports where we rest. He gets to lay out the storms we go through and the storms he quiets. I don't have a say in it. Except to say, you know, Mary was the greatest disciple, I think, ever. Be it unto me. I'm going to do whatever you want. Man, that's the love that I want. It's the love I desire. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And when I think about this, I think of some questions. And some questions I want you to ponder. As we head into this series. And I want you to ponder before God. The first question is this. What am I willing to drop to follow Jesus? What am I willing to drop to follow Jesus? The second question. What am I willing to pick up to follow Jesus? What am I willing to pick up? What is the cross that God is asking you to carry? And this next question is a kind of a two-parter here. So if Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way, and he is, how does our life change? How does our life change if he is truly the center of our heart? How does our life change? How does it look different? You know, among you, it's going to be different. You are very different people. Set apart, chosen by a God who loves you desperately. 